Hello there. Welcome back to the Senate Podcast. We're on episode number 22, I believe. Because the last few episodes, we did a little out of order. We we had a live episode and then a fun episode about the PlayStation Showcase with our friend Dev. But today joining me is the last Ronin. <laughs> who is it? Who is he? The last Ronin, we don't know, but the man joining me is Tony Quinn. And how are you doing? We're going to get into some of your recent uh, adventures later in the show, but yeah. as of right now, how are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. You know, uh, as Rascal Flats once said, life is a highway, <laughs> and I'm just trying not to break down. That was poetry. I don't think that's exactly the lyric, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Straight up poetry. That was um, That was beautiful. And you know something else beautiful? The Spider-Verse movie. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Okay. Well, we're not going to talk talk about the movie itself. I just want to talk about um, how amazing it was in that now after it came out, everybody is going crazy. And the studio even announced, like Sony announced that they're doing a live action Miles Morales movie, which we all knew was coming because of how successful the Spider-Verse movies are. So this is a packed episode we have, and I'm excited. So let's just keep going with this. Live action Miles. We both have thoughts on it. I'll guess I'll give a little bit of my thoughts while you can kind of gather yours together. Live action Miles. I don't know how they're going to pull off a movie like Into the Spider-Verse in a live action sense. It is going to have to be some mixture. That's all I can think of because... You are never going to be able to capture the style and fluidity and art and, you know, everything that the Spider-Verse movies offer because of its animation in a live action sense. It's just not, you can't translate that one-to-one. But I do think, you know, a live action Miles Morales movie could be really cool because it's going to be different. It's not going to be more of the same because we're getting three Spider-Verse movies, you know. We got um, the first one, then we got uh, Across the Spider-Verse, and then Beyond the Spider-Verse next year. So what do you, when you hear a live-action Miles Morales movie, were you excited or were you like, oh, no, they're going to ruin it? See, um, it's a little tricky because, you know, there's... I haven't, like, extensively looked into this myself, but, like, you know, there was that whole... Uh, yeah, just a thought. ...thing that happened about, I think, like, a year ago where um, Marvel lost the rights to Spider-Man, you know? There was that whole, like, fiasco. Fans were like, oh, my God, this is terrible, you know? Um, I mean, there were some varying opinions, but generally it was kind of seen as, like, you know, a negative thing. And then, you know, they renegotiated, apparently, because uh, Tom... Holland actually said that um, he called Kevin Feige when he was, like, drunk and, like, uh, you know, was like, please, you know, please don't, you know, stop making the or something like that. And then they renegotiated. Um, But it's, like, I've heard the argument that, like, you know, like, No Way Home and how it ended and everything was kind of made... That was a creative choice, you know, like him being separated from the rest of the MCU characters so that like Sony could, you know, just, you know, quietly 
taken back, you know, yeah. and make, you know, to do their thing. So I'm wondering, like, is it going to be, because if that's the case and they're following, you know, with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, then it'd be pretty dumb to kill him now. Like that, yeah. you know, he's young. He still has a lot of years left ahead of him. But I'm thinking it'll probably be more like what they're doing with the villain movies, which we could do a whole episode about because what the hell. Um, but I'm, See, I'm worried because yeah, I'm thinking it'll probably yeah. be like a standalone where like they save it a, like a Spider-Man who was Peter Parker died, but it's not explicit. Like it who doesn't it say was. who, but you know what if, I mean? Yeah. If like Sony's doing show. this, Oh, see, that's I mean, just, this... just in terms of like, you know, like it name drops Bruce, but he's not actually there. That would be the worst thing for this because that is so like, what, what am I? What am I trying to say? That is so just sloppy, and that just it's like, do you even care what you're making at this point? You're just doing it for money. You're just putting it out because you know, I'll, it's the name. You know, the name recognition is going to bring in money. So, the with the love and care they're putting into the Spider Verse movies, I just if they do that with um, the live action, I think it'll be fine. And it's Sony, so they could... This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they make either Toby or Andrew the Peter that dies. You know what I mean? For Miles. And then... Yeah. I think it should be Toby, personally. Yeah, I... Because he seems... You know, like, I feel like Andrew, you know, because in No Way Home, he was saying which I want to see them make a movie out of this period of his life when he was talking about how when he lost Gwen, you know, like, he got, like, really rageful and, you know, like, really violent for a period yeah. of time. So I feel like, you know, if they'd make more movies with him by some miracle, please, Sony, let that happen. Um, It would be, like, him kind of finding a new lease on life and, you know, maybe he can meet Mary Jane, you know, now that he's older and he's at a better place in his life and it could be more, like, classic Spider-Man kind of. Yeah, but I feel like with Toby, his Peter seems at the best place in his life. Like he's still kind of having relationship issues with Mary Jane, as you would. But it seems like you know, like they're he's finally the only together. One that's able to they're making it work. He has yeah. peace. You know, he seemed like essentially like a father figure to the other two in a way. So I feel like that would make the most sense. And then you know, for because you you think about like all the people. They, you know, grew up with those movies. Like, seeing him die and, you know, leave a legacy to Miles would be the most emotionally impactful thing they could do. Whereas if it was Andrew or even Tom, they could still make it emotional, but I think people would be like, okay, but why are they already dead? Like, that's stupid. So it's and, um, it's really tricky. Yeah, and one thing they do, it's, you know, it's a Spider-Verse. They go through different... uh universes like in multiverse of madness or, or no way home so this could just take place in its own universe not connected to anything but miles is so like synonymous with the spider-verse at this point that you can't you can't just have this take place in a random world not connected to anything yeah you're gonna see crossover so i think that's where it's fun and we can get into like the um uh theorizing and, and all of that which we could do a whole episode on this so i think I imagine, you know, because um, I've been seeing on Twitter uh, Shamik Moore wants yes. to play live action Miles. Up. 
<clears throat> um, what do you think? I mean, he's been in live action stuff before. I haven't seen. Uh, he was in uh, Dope, the Rick Famuyiwa movie. I haven't seen that, but I hear that was great, and he was great in it. Um, so I think what they could do to avoid some of these complications is to just have it be like a adult miles. Yeah. And so it's like, if they do his own universe, it doesn't feel redundant of, you know, spider verse with young miles. It could just be like, you know, like maybe he would be working with like some other spider person or hero or something. And like, they would have a conversation and then he would, you know, like mention like his mentor, Peter, or something, you know, so that way it's like, okay, Peter was here. He knew Miles. They had a relationship. He died, but we don't have to show any of that. We don't have to get involved in the red tape of that and how muddy that can be, you know, in terms yeah. of like which one. It would be cleaner that way, in my opinion, but I mean, you know, I'm not a professional screenwriter, obviously. So that's there's so many <laughs> possibilities, and it's fun because we're getting a lot of interpretations like Spider Man 2. I can't wait. Because we're going to see uh, Miles go up against Venom and, you know. It's not Eddie Brock. That's not they, Eddie Brock. They it's might be, be trolling. I don't know. Because, you know, we when Arkham Knight came out, they yeah. Rocksteady was like, oh, no, the Arkham Knight's not, you know, a character we've seen. He's a original villain. And they were lying. I hated that. So, I hated that. <laughs> So here's the thing with um, this. I got mad because they showed the collector's edition and it showed um, there's a statue you can get of Venom fighting both Peter and Miles at the same time. And it actually shows how Venom's going to look on his own. So if you don't want to see it, don't look it up. It's I got mad because I, I w was at the piece of art that they showed. Uh, yes. In the games. Oh, yeah. So, if you I, look at... I feel like part of the reason they show that is just to squash those uh, that maybe. speculation that Venom's Peter. Because, like, oh, no, Peter is is here, you know, as his own person, so he can't be Venom. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, that's going to be cool to see Miles fighting against that. And there's a release date for that now. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, October 20th, I think. They just announced it at. Um, it's uh, crazy because um, at the Sony Games showcase, Fest. I swore they said it was releasing in August, right? Or no, fall, fall. Yeah. It, a lot of people were theorizing September. I don't know if it was ever said. No, to be I, I'm September, pretty sure they but... said fall, actually. So, yeah, they. Yeah, it's always been fall. It's uh, October 20th, which I think is a great date for that. That's perfect. Um, that was announced at Summer's Game Fest. They, I'm surprised they left that out of the PlayStation Showcase last week. I was at least expecting the release date to show up. And we didn't get that. But you know what we got out of the PlayStation Showcase? Uh, we got a lot, and we talked about almost everything. But one thing we forgot is a little device <laughs> called Project Q or Q-Lite. Um, what do you think? <laughs> about this little device you want to know what Tony. i think um yes. now do you want i have two perspectives one is my actual one and then one is kind of me playing devil's advocate a little bit 
Give me your actual one and then the uh, okay. double advocate. So my actual one is that this is probably one of the dumbest things ever created. Because, like, you know what's cool about the Nintendo Switch? Is yeah. that you can take it places and it's a console. It's a whole ass console. You know, you can yeah. take this console. You know, like it's handheld, but it's also a console. Yeah. You know what the Project Q uh is only good for is uh streaming so you can play your ps5 but only over wi-fi so and it's like why what's the point like i i have to be in my house just to play my ps5 on a smaller screen when i can just walk three feet to my room or wherever i have my tv and just play it on there i'm glad you have a (laughs) sane a sane mind a sane and sound mind so before you give me your other devil's advocate take, let me explain something to you, okay? You see this right here? This is my phone. I use the PlayStation Remote Play probably yeah. more than 90% of PlayStation users because oh. I have the PlayStation licensed uh, backbone controller. It's upstairs in my room. Uh, if I had it, I would show you. I literally, I do this. I use it. Uh because if for some reason I can't get on my PlayStation, but I can, you know, I have the time to, to play, but I can't just get on my TV, my PlayStation, I can put the backbone on my phone and use remote play and do this over Wi-Fi. That's the Dude, you know what? That actually kind of looks cool. I'm not even going to lie. He, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The backbone, it is awesome because... You can play, you can use it as a controller on your phone for Apple Arcade games, for xCloud gaming, which xCloud service is fantastic. Way better than PlayStation Remote Play. The PlayStation Remote Play service is garbage. Even though it's meant to be used over Wi-Fi, but I use it over Wi-Fi and it still disconnects. It disconnects before I'm even in the game. I'm on the cross-media bar. UI, you know, just scrolling through and it'll disconnect. And I have great internet. So it's PlayStation services. I forget who they're streaming services through right now, but it's terrible. This machine is not going to work. It's going to be garbage. The battery <laughs> life is two hours long. Yeah. Like, okay. If, if you're playing, I think if you're playing God of War on high fidelity mode, it lasts like 60 minutes. If you're playing on performance or if you're playing on performance mode it's like 60 minutes fidelity mode or whatever is like or 30 with 30 frames is like two hours same thing with horizon now it's going to be more if you're playing indies but it's streaming you're not going to get great picture quality you're not going to get great frame rates there's going to be uh you know frames that skip there's going to be connectivity problems and it's a dual sense on this thing so you're going to be streaming with DualSense capabilities. It's, the battery is going to last two seconds. You're going to have to charge it. What's the point of playing it if you can play it charged? Who knows? There's other machines like this, like the Steam Deck or the Asus one they just came out with that's a lot better. Uh, I think, is, does Google have one or not? I don't know, but uh, you um, mentioned the best I'm one, sure. the Switch. They're just trying to hop on the bandwagon because a lot of people are trying to get handhelds right now. And what they're doing is um, getting back into that market without having to invest a lot of money. And if I could just keep going, I was listening to a PlayStation podcast and they were talking about 
the difference between uh, a handheld with native software and games versus a handheld that just lets you access the games that you already own. There's a difference yeah. between the two. So the Vita would be, okay, they have their own software and their own games hardware for this, um, their software and hardware for this. That's going to be a bigger investment for the company and for the consumers, a lot more money. They don't want to do that, but they still want to capitalize on this. Uh, That's so handheld. weird because, you know, like yeah. um, one example that I'll use for this is uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, as in the yeah. original PSP. Uh, PSP version. I, um, I've heard on a few Final Fantasy VII podcasts that I listened to that um, originally, like, you know, like the team wanted to do wanted to have a lot more content in the game, but because of the limits of UMD, they had to cut a lot of stuff out, you know? So it's like, you know, with how much technology's progressed since then, you know, cause that was like 2007. That was a pretty long time ago. But yeah. how much gaming technology's come since then, you would think that, you know, Sony would be like, you know, zealous to make a new handheld that could do way more i don't understand why like you i guarantee you sony can make a handheld now that you know rivals the steam deck obviously the game yeah and like obviously the games wouldn't be as you know high caliber as like regular playstation games but imagine like you could probably do like a pretty decent open world rpg on a new Sony handheld, you could probably do a pretty decent, you know, shooter, action game, whatever, you know, that would be miles ahead of what the PSP was able to do and even the Vita. So it's so weird to see them be like, but now nah, we're not going to do that. Like, dude, people would love it. I would, so, I'd buy one. Like if I thought it looked cool and the exclusive games look cool, I'd buy it. So here's why they're not doing cool. it. This is why Xbox and PlayStation are not jumping in to their own handhelds like the steam deck or the switch because this project q doesn't count it's streaming only it just gives you streaming access to your you know your library through you know a screen that you could do the same thing on your phone with but here's why they're not getting into their own proprietary handheld because nintendo doesn't have to support a home console plus a handheld they have the switch which is just one they have to support sort of a mm -hmm. mixture of both Steam, they don't have to support their own PC or console because think about it. They just have a, a platform uh, that is Steam that works on any computer that's, you know, it, you can download Steam on. They don't have their own, you know, proprietary console hardware that they have to keep up and develop for. All they have is that digital platform plus now their handheld hardware so xbox and playstation they have their own console that they have to develop for you know hardware software everything keep up with it so playstation is developing for ps5 xbox they're developing for uh the xbox series consoles think about playstation though now they have psvr2 because they've taken that step into the vr space so now they're developing for a console uh that is a ps5 and an uh you know a niche product that is a vr unit so 
they would have to take so much so much of their um, money and their resources into creating a proprietary hardware that is at least capable of doing ps4 level uh you know graphics and performance mm. and, and whatnot ps4 metrics they could make something that is as good as the steam deck that you know that's better than the switch same thing with xbox i think xbox could be uh i think xbox would actually benefit more than anybody for having a handheld because no one's going to jump into vr on an xbox some people will but don't go that route and i don't think they want to i think if anything they might try to go the apple route with ar or something but if xbox had a handheld they could utilize the xcloud service which is much better than the playstation remote play service and whatnot so anyways that was my rant on that um it's just all about the profit it's all about what they can get out of it i wonder if like it'd be feasible to like have like a section of the people working at sony like ex like kind of exclusively working on like that side of it you know what i mean like you know like some of your people working on you know ps5 stuff and then some people are working on handheld console but i mean maybe yeah i didn't really think about that but maybe that would just be like not feasible in terms of it's not feasible for you know like magic time and resources well playstation's a lot smaller than uh xbox and they don't have as much money because obviously xbox is backed by microsoft xbox has the ability to do this with a handheld and i'd be very excited if they got into this so Speaking of Xbox, they got a showcase coming up. We can talk a little bit about Summer's Game Fest, but I, I just want to get into uh, our Xbox showcase predictions and whatnot because I know you have a connection to one of the games that has been leaked. Yeah. And I guess we could start there. Xbox showcase coming out in a few days. And the reason this is really relevant is because Persona 3 reload which is the remake leak same thing with tactics yes persona 5 (laughs) tactics so which is a tactics game that's not really my favorite genre i played some triangle strategy on switch but you know leave it to them to make a tactics game that looks awesome you know (laughs) i want to save my talk about persona but (coughs) i think a persona 3 remake is cool Uh, i'm glad that it's gonna all this is gonna be on Xbox. Who knows if it's gonna be day one exclusive or it's just a timed I think, exclusive. I or... think they might be a launching um with Game Pass functionality. It's still on other platforms for for full price, but then also on Game Pass. No, I think that makes sense. I think it's gonna be timed exclusive for Xbox, maybe. I see. Okay. I'm not sure because it could be. It seems like they did that partially so they could announce it at the xbox showcase but now people already know they exist so i wonder if they're even gonna bother (laughs) so i yeah i don't know and we're gonna talk about persona in a little bit so any other predictions about um the xbox showcase i think we're gonna get uh some more starfield information so we are but they announced that they're gonna have i think it's directly after the xbox showcase they're gonna do a a uh starfield direct or whatever it is oh. just focused on well, starfield i got because i th- this is what i teased in the pre-roll but i you know because i was saying it's weird that persona 5 tactics and persona 3 reload are premiering on xbox only at least yes. you know for a time obviously they're not going to be there permanently 
because uh you know sony and nintendo fans would hire hitman to assassinate everyone at microsoft that would just yeah, cause Phil, Phil spencer's head be on the line. <laughs> yeah um but you know when the rumor of the because a while ago i don't remember if it was an atlas employee leak this like short reel of like yeah you know that had like something that looked like persona 3 remake people on youtube were like is that persona 3 what what is that that's interesting you know and one of the other things that were apparently teased jet set radio a new that's a right new title so my that fear, could be at the showcase. my theory right. is one. that jet set radio is premiering at the xbox showcase and that's the reason the persona games are exclusive because Who's Atlas working with to release the Persona games? Sega. Sega. Who helped release Jet Set Radio? Sega. I like that. It's all connected. I figured it out. I've accessed the fifth dimension. Um, so if you want, you can okay. come to my website and uh, I will, I could uh, give you my class to learn how to uh, open your third eye. <laughs> the uh the the video game industry <laughs> third eye that we can we can see the leaks we are i'm gonna leakers. get in trouble because i i uh cracked the code phil spencer's sweating right now he's sweating he's gonna pop mm. up in the background um all right i'll keep going i'll keep the hype going you want to hear mine mm -hmm. they're gonna announce gear six Ooh. Uh, I think it's I think it's time because you know now they got Unreal Engine uh, five, and Gears isn't over. Uh, there's still more Gears to go, so I think now is the time for Gear six because if you remember in the last showcase from a year or two ago, they showed some other games that I think we're going to get updates on. So here is my second prediction: Indiana Jones and Perfect Dark updates. I don't know if it's going to be full on trailers or announcements, you know, re like release dates, but we're going to hear again from uh, or about the Indiana Jones game and the Perfect Dark game. Uh, okay. Double Fine. The creators of Grim Fandango and Psychonauts. I think they're going to announce another game. Because it has been since 2021 since uh, Psychonauts 2 released. So it's been two years. I think they could at least announce something. CG, no gameplay, or, you know, yeah. a little tease of something. I got two more. There was a I tease. I thought of one, but I'll let you finish if you want. Okay, there was a tease for a game a few, uh, I think it was a year or two ago, Fable. Fable's going to get a trailer. It's going to have, hopefully, an announcement uh, for the date. But Fable's going to have a trailer. Is and then same Fable thing. Fable 4, right? It's Or, like, is it, like, a revamp of the first so, one? People are sure there. People are saying that it could be a remake or a sequel. I don't know. All I know is Fable will definitely be there. They actually teased it last week, so it's confirmed it'll be there. But, Peter Molyneux's cooking, <laughs> cooking it up. And then last one, Unavowed. Uh, that game actually looked pretty good last time they showed it. They showed like a little uh, gameplay tease of it. What's so I believe Unavowed. That's also a point-and-click fantasy RPG by Wadjet Eye Studios. Uh, so that game is also called... Undertale. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, it is not... I'm thinking... I'm literally thinking of the one you, you told me. I was it's gonna, called Avowed. Sorry. 
as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, I'm thinking of the one you you we looked up that one time. I was about to say, what, to bring that to Xbox? That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> no, it's called Avowed. Um, well, all they ever showed was, it's from Obsidian. Is that like um, a fantasy great developer. game? Is that yes. a fantasy game? Um, yes. I might know. Yeah, that. I remember that. That looked pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it, they only showed a little bit of gameplay, but it is um, the is next it like a Skyrim type thing? first-person RPG set in a fantasy world. And it is sort of like a Skyrim. Yeah, it, sure. the gameplay looked awesome. I think we're going to get updates from it. Avowed. Not unavowed. <laughs> Big difference there. Uh, that's Those are my predictions. Um, I'm hoping that Gear 6 gets announced and the next Double Fine game gets announced. Because those are just... That's what I'm into. If anything, I'm expecting Rare to say something whether or not their new game Everwild is canceled yeah. or they're going to continue. That's with what it. I was thinking. Cause apparently yeah. it's still slated for next year, but exactly. when I looked up what's going on with it, apparently they kind of like, uh, like changed the direction or something. So they're like restarted something in the development, which is why we haven't heard anything for a while. So, I mean, exactly, you know, this has the potential to be like an, all-timer game for me if they yeah. play their cards right because from what i've seen aesthetically this is Looks my awesome. vibe so if they can stick this landing um i will be very happy and um what i will say is the playstation showcase was pretty good i give it you know a b it was good yeah, it wasn't, wasn't amazing it wasn't terrible by any means it was good i'm expecting more from xbox because there was stuff we we saw from them years ago that we have not had updates for. They have a lot cooking right now, a lot. That tends to I'm happen quite a, a bit with them. Microsoft for some reason. Like they announce games and then years go by and it's like, uh, "Sir, have you forgotten about me?" <laughs> like, yeah, and I like Xbox a lot. Spoiler alert, I'm playing through all the Halo games, and I was up very late last night playing through Halo 5, which I really enjoy. I'm really enjoying it. So I kind of want to play... If there's a, Is there a way to play all of the games on uh, the modern consoles? To like, yeah, Master Chief Collection on oh, yeah, yeah. Xbox has all of I kind of want to replay five. the whole series, because I played, I played one with my friend, like, like forever ago when you know we were kids and shit um yeah mainly multiplayer uh he was yeah. way better than me i sucked um and then um i had halo 2 for the original xbox before it was uh scratched up by my stepbrother's cousin i hate that kid if you're watching this podcast go jump down a well um but, I mean, I've always played it pretty casually, but I always thought, you know, the aesthetic of Halo was cool. So, that's a series that, once I do get an Xbox, because I do plan on it, uh, I'm excited for that journey. <clears throat> yeah, I um, I have a friend who loves Halo, and I've been really wanting to go through the entire series. Because later, we're, we'll talk about our game backlog. And the whole Halo series have been in my backlog because I played them a little bit growing up, but I really needed to dive into them. So we've been going through over the last year. We played one, two, three, ODST, four, and now we're playing five. We didn't do Reach, but we might do that one. Uh, so we've been having a lot of fun 
playing through Halo games because I I really like Xbox. I want them to do good. I want to see some games. Finally, I'm not the biggest Bethesda fan. I want to see more Xbox Game Studio stuff because Bethesda just that's not my cup of tea. I'm more into the Double Fine initiative. Yeah. Uh, all that rare. So those are the uh we talked a little bit about Spider-Man uh, Summer Game Fest Xbox showcase. Really quickly, let's talk about Sonic Superstars. That was announced at Summer Game Fest. Are you familiar with the Sonic Advance games? Uh I've heard of them, but I don't know. So, if I know exactly what Sonic the... Superstars has been announced. It's a 2D game coming <clears throat> out. I don't know the release date. It said I think later 2023. Anyways, you, know you can I think play I have one of these games for the Game Boy They're Advance. So good. It's not even mine. I somehow ended up with uh somebody's copy of it like a long well, time ago. The premise is you play as one character but you can have um a buddy with you so if you're playing a sonic you can choose tails or knuckles to follow you and you can use them to kind of help you out like if you're um sonic and you have tails running with you you can jump and tails can pick you up and you can fly so you can kind of play off a buddy system like that and the game just looks awesome it looks like you know how uh, mario went from obviously 2d to 3d and then with the wii they went to new super mario bros yeah went back to 2d it had it was a pretty good 2D Mario game. It looks like Sonic is going through that transition now. Game looks awesome. I can't wait. Mm. All right. So Mortal Kombat had a trailer. I can't wait for Mortal Kombat, bro. I saw this trailer and I started playing Mortal Kombat 11 just to get prepared. So, are you a fan of Mortal Kombat? Uh, I've probably played them like very casually over the years, but I okay. I fe- I think when I was a kid, I I don't know how I had a copy of Mortal Kombat, maybe one or two for the Sega, for the Sega Genesis, and like yeah. my dad would always hide it because he didn't want me playing it. And then fatality, I would like try and find it, and then I'd find it again, and then he'd find out about it, and then hide it again. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like the characters, you know the iconography like i've always thought like sub-zero scorpion were cool uh baraka you know he's just a big monster dude um the 2021 movie sucks uh i completely agree with you annihilation is one of the most baffling things i've ever seen (laughs) um all right so mortal kombat (laughs) is super interesting the, there was something special about the old games, the 2D to 3D ones. It, I think it changed when it hit Mortal Kombat 9, when it became more so competitive, trying to be a Street Fighter um, Tekken type of game, even though it's always been like that. They, there was something special about the old games where you had co-op and it, it had more variety in the games. You could argue the new ones are mechanically better and graphically better, but it lost something along the way when it uh it it changed another game that changed drastically from the OG to the new iteration is a game called Final Fantasy 7. Oh. We're going to talk about it in a little bit a little, you know, for, you know, a specific reason, but Rebirth. 
that was announced at Games Fest. Did it hit or did it miss? That's all I want to know. Well, briefly, I want to talk about Ever Crisis because that's kind of like like the first oh, yeah. trailer came out, I think, 2021. And it was built because, you know, some fans, I'm not going to say why because you haven't played uh, Remake yet, but some fans, let's just say they weren't happy with certain choices that were made. So Ever Crisis was billed as like, another possibility for a remake that was like one of the taglines and it's like a more traditional you know like still like the chibi art style but more modern you know stuff like that um i from what i know it's it's the entire compilation but it's like kind of a highlight reel you know like you like pick like certain things from like final fantasy 7 there's gonna be crisis core advent children which is the movie so i'm wondering how that's gonna turn out dirge of cerberus uh you know that kind of stuff um and they're gonna have new sephiroth content taking place in the past yeah. so i'm excited for that story uh this is the first mobile game i've ever wanted to play like i've always thought mobile games were dumb but then they released this and i'm like damn it no come on man um yeah i just want to say my quick piece on that the trailer for rebirth is no lie, my favorite trailer for anything I've ever seen. Like I think I, about that with the new Mortal Kombat trailer. I loved it. I freaking screamed okay. when it came on. Uh, the trailer, you know, is leaving a lot of questions regarding something that, once again, I'm not going to spoil for you, but I can't wait to talk about. Good, once, don't be once you know. Okay. But it's, you know, it it seems, you know, the environments look big it just looks like an upscaled version of remake in every way uh i'm curious to see what the second disc thing's all about like if that's more installation for assets or a certain character's story his side of the story if you know you know and that's all i'm gonna say about that um that sounds so interesting okay so it hit it was pretty good yeah i awesome. i'm i'm trying not to add like a lot more games to my backlog because in 2024 when i get my ps5 pro and this game comes out i'm taking a week off work nobody bother me if you bother me i'm gonna kill you it's just gonna be me and rebirth baby <laughs> good i hopefully want to be caught up and we can do some kind of episode about it so this episode is actually about our movie watch list and game backlog we've teased it a little bit so i'm so excited to talk about movies and games but you had a little experience the other yeah. week. the other uh was it last weekend yeah last saturday i don't want to say anything but go ahead just go off and <laughs> uh, go off give me the highlights okay so um shameless plug i made a youtube video where i talk about this in detail uh, obviously for this episode it's just going to be the abridged notes but uh my YouTube username is the same as my name here, Tony Quinn, T-O-N-Y-Q-U-I-N-N. -N. Uh, it should all be linked yeah. in the um, description. So, yeah, so uh, I met Xander Mobis, who is a voice actor. Uh, a lot of people would probably know him as the voice of Joker in Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal and other Persona 5 stuff. Uh really you know chill dude uh you know really down to earth dude um he was i got him to sign uh my switch copy the case for my switch copy of the game 
and then he was like, yeah, you know, it's really cool on that it's on Switch now. And then he was like, man, back in my day, we had a Game Boy. You couldn't play Persona 5 on your Game Boy. <laughs> like, um, I met um, Grace Van Deen, a.k.a. Chrissy from Stranger Things. Um, I got to contain myself a little bit because um, I don't want to seem weird, but um, she, I'm stumped up. Uh, damn it. She, she told me my eyes were stunning and permanently altered my brain chemistry. And then I was like, oh, so are yours. And then I, you know, I told her that she was beautiful because I don't know. I don't know where that confidence came from. Uh, I mean, what more? I'm going to move on because I don't want to come across as a 12 year old with a crush. But um, uh, Steve Burton, which is the original voice actor for Cloud strife that's awesome uh you know and kingdom hearts kingdom hearts 2 uh world of final fantasy 7 final fantasy 7 advent children final fantasy dissidia some other stuff i'm probably forgetting uh he was the first dude i met there was no line at his booth and he took like five pictures with me like he just kept like pressing the button when we were taking our picture it was funny um he signed my advent children blu-ray i mean like you know like like, you know, like Cloud, like right next to Peter Parker is just like that guy for me. Like yeah. he's just he's my comfort character in every way. Um So you met some pretty cool video then, game uh talent. Yeah, and then last but not least, Sam Yo. Raimi. Yes. I met Sam Crazy. Raimi, got his autograph. I didn't pay to get a picture with him. Uh I didn't buy a ticket. I don't really know why, but I got his autograph and I got to tell him that, you know, Spider-Man 1 changed my life when I saw it as a kid. You know, I he was the first superhero I related to because he was just an unpopular kid. And Sam was also an unpopular kid. So, you know, it's cool that we have that in common and he has that in common with Peter Parker. And then um, I would, like, say, like, something nice and then, like, he would, like, reach out to shake my hand. He probably shook my hand, like, three or four times. Uh, he was just really grateful. Dude, that's um, awesome. Yeah, I got to thank him for showing me that superhero movies can have heart and soul. And uh, on the picture he signed, he wrote, be a hero. And I saw that in the picture. That yeah. just speaks so much. Yeah, especially so coming little. from him. Yeah, so I can't believe any of this happened. Uh, it was incredible. I can't wait for uh, 2024 Fan Expo. That's awesome. All right. Uh, that sounds like such a good time. So take a little break, drink some water, take a deep breath. Oh, and speaking because... of Sam Raimi, he's a legendary yeah. filmmaker who has a lot of movies that I haven't seen, which brings us to there you go. seminal movies and games that are well-known, we know about, but we haven't experienced yet. I don't know why. Maybe we're stupid. Maybe we're lazy. Maybe we're just that pretentious. Who knows? Wow, meeting him really gave you this boost. It's like a... <laughs> It's like you got a um it's like you got a power 